You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are on week number three on uh, our series entitled Remember This. Can we all say those two words? Remember This. So basically, this is a series on the book of Malachi. Malachi or Malachi. Basically, this is the last uh, book in the Old Testament, the last prophetic book before God went silent for about 400 years. And we've studied that in the past two weeks, uh, basically, God was uh, making an appeal to His people. It was a, this is a book of disputations, if you may say that. A book of disagreement. You know, some people, the people of God in, in, the, in Israel were basically questioning God for His faithfulness to them. And so God was also uh, talking and about to correct and rebuke the people. He was reminding them that before He actually tells them His Correction and rebuke, he basically assured them of his love for them. So we talked about that in week one. And uh, he basically has said to them, I have loved you even before you knew about it. I have chosen you. Remember your, uh, your forefather Jacob, even he, and he was not perfect. I chose him, not because he was good, but because I am good. And I think we can all relate uh, with that. God chose us, not because you and I are good, not because you and I are faithful, but because He is faithful. Amen. Not because you and I have achieved something for God or not because you have been serving Him, but simply because He has been good and generous to all of us. Uh, Last week, we talked about where is my honor. And then we looked at some of the things that the people of God were doing. Yes, they were giving God in the offerings and in the sacrifice, but yet they were not honoring Him properly by giving uh, things that were crippled, things that were blind, you know, the animals that, were use- that they're using for the sacrifice basically were maimed. And so God basically said, where is my honor? I've been honoring my covenant with you, but th- is this how you honor me as a father? Okay, uh, You are my children. Is this the way that children honor their parents, their father? And so he also mentioned, consider giving this to your governor. Will he accept such an offering or such a gift? And I believe that as we, you know, not only just give, you know, in, in, to God, but we are to give our very best, not only our finances, but even our life, our heart, our speech, the way we live our life, our work, our career, everything should be honorable before the Lord. Amen. And you are a living sacrifice before the Lord. Holy and pleasing to Him. When they sacrifice something or an animal, it normally is killed. And so the Bible says in Romans chapter that we are living sacrifices before God. You're still alive, yes, but your very life is a sacrifice unto Him. It should be honorable to Him. Your, your speech, your heart, the very intent, your, your very nature, the way your, your family is being raised, your marriage, your relationship should be honorable to Him. Today, we are going to talk about God's immutability. Basically, this means that God does not change. Everybody say, God does not change. You know, if it was possible for God to change His mind about Israel because they were so unfaithful to Him. You know, He, who, he had several chances of changing His mind, but yet He did not change His mind towards His first love, towards the people that He chose, towards His treasured possession. And... 
you know, I am so happy and I'm so glad and I'm so grateful that God does not change His mind on us as well. Many times we have been faithless. Many times we are compromisers. Many times we have stumbled and fall. You know, even after we have received Him as Lord and Savior, but yet sometimes it is not us, you know, walking faithfully with, with our part of the covenant with God, but yet God chose to be faithful with us nonetheless. Even if we are faithless, the Bible says God remains faithful to us. Whoever God was, He still is. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is loving. He is faithful. He is generous. He is forgiving. He is compassionate. That's the God that we serve. And somehow the people of God were disagreeing with this. You know, somehow they are presenting their case before the Lord in the book of Malachi. And so this is not the text that we're going to be reading this afternoon. But somehow we would uh, look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, and they're presenting something to the Lord. Their frustrations. You know, they are, you know, they have rebuilt the city, they've rebuilt the walls, they've rebuilt the, the temple, but yet they don't feel the blessings of God in their lives. They don't sense the presence of God in their lives. They don't sense the blessing or the promise of God. Whatever they expected, it is not the reality that they are going through. And so they said, you have, uh, the Lord said, you have wearied the Lord with your words. But you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. So somehow, the Israelites were accusing God that He is blessing those who don't love Him. And so they're asking the Lord, where is the God of justice? They're seeing other people who are not serving Him and they are actually living a prosperous life. But yet they, as the people of God, don't sense the blessings of God. How many of you are, can relate to what I'm saying? You have a neighbor who's not a Christian. You have uh, an office mate who's not a Christian. You have other business competitors who are not believers. But yet somehow you look at their lives, bakit sila parang prosperous? You know, here I am. I'm serving the Lord. I am part of the church. You know, I, 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 I try to be a faithful Christian, but yet I don't sense the blessings of the Lord. But yet other people outside, those who are not serving Him, I see, you know, they, they have a nice house, they have a, seemingly have a, a prosperous business, and so on and so forth. And so they tend to question God, and they ask this question, where is the God of justice? It's not fair. It's not fair that we are serving you and you're not blessing us back in return. I guess they were not aware of what they are asking from the Lord. Do we really want to see the God of justice? And justice being served? I don't think so. Because if God will give us His justice, we will definitely get what we deserve. Amen. And we don't deserve the grace of God. We don't deserve the forgiveness of God. We don't deserve the compassion and the blessings of God. I praise God that God did not institute justice on His people, but instead He gave us mercy. And He gave us love and compassion and grace. Amen. In fact, this is the same words written by David in, in Psalm chapter 73. And he was kind of like frustrated because he was observing somehow the wicked. And he said, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Somehow David was looking at the prosperity of the wicked. And yet he is called to serve God and 
He is running away from King Saul and he was hiding in the cave and he's not sensing the blessings of God. But yet later on he wrote, but yet everything changed when he entered the sanctuary of the Lord and he understood that the end of the wicked will be destruction and the end of the righteous will be eternal presence with the Lord. Amen. And I believe that God wants to encourage each and every one of us. You may be going through a tough time right now. You may be going through difficult times, maybe in the area of the family or maybe in the area of health. Physically, maybe you're not well. Maybe financially you're challenged. Maybe the business is not doing well. Maybe your relationships have gone sour. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows what you're going through. But I praise God that because of God's mercies, we are not consumed. Amen. And His mercies and His love and His grace will always stay and it will remain with us forever. And so basically, that's what we're going to be looking at this afternoon. If you have your Bibles, please open to the book of Malachi chapter 3. We'll be reading from verse 6 to 12. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Verse 7. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? In verse 8, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test. Or in the NIV version, it says, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations, everybody say all nations. All nations will call you blessed. Everybody say blessed. For you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this afternoon. We thank you, Lord God, that you will encourage your people. Lord, I thank you that you are such an amazing God. You are unchangeable in all your, all your ways. You are an unchanging, immutable God. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Your love is always constant for us, no matter what. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This text that we have read is actually quite a familiar text. You know, you've, you've probably heard this before, you know, and this has been used sometimes uh, in the offering or maybe in a finance series or whatnot, but don't worry, we're not going to take another offering after this sermon, okay? You're probably looking, okay, uh, Tyson offerings, we just took that uh, a while ago. But this is really a presentation of God's nature and character towards His people. More than Him, you know, presenting their case that they have not been faithful on their part of the covenant, what He is saying is, I, the Lord, do not change. I am still here loving you. I am the God who have loved you even before you knew about me. I'm the God who actually chose you. You know, the character of God will not change and will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as we have read earlier, you know, uh, if you're writing down notes, 
God's character ultimately does not change. The people, many times, we change. I was uh, saying earlier this uh, morning that, you know, maybe for those of you who are married, you've married your spouse simply because of a character or quality that you found in them. You know, when you were younger, you know, you liked that uh, person, you loved that person, and you grew together. You know, after getting married for, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, you notice that things are changing in that person. Hopefully, the change is for the better. Praise God, okay? I mean, if you can relate with me on this, okay? Uh, you know, we, we hopefully, and we, we've used this statement, parang nagbago ka na. Why is it that you change already? And normally, when we ask that question, it's because you've changed for the negative, not for the better. Because if your spouse have changed for the better, you will not even present that. You will just say, thank God you've changed. Right? Because for the most part, we long to see the same person that we've married in the past. So for those of you who are still single, guess what? Okay? Getting married is really a test of patience. Okay. Now, I've done a lot of couples retreats, so don't worry. I'm not referring to my wife. But, you know, generally, I thought that, you know, basically, you know, as a single person, I thought I was patient. And then I got married. And of course, God will use situations and people in our lives to basically bring out the best in us. If you are impatient, He'll send you a husband or a wife. And then to double that, He will start bringing children to your family. But yet, nonetheless, it is God's way of us just showing His grace and His love, you know. But yet, when you, talk, when you look at the, the nature of God, He does not change. And the people of God are saying, you've not been faithful. You know, you have not been uh, loving to us. But in reality, it is because of my nature that does not change that you, uh, you are not consumed. They're presenting, you know, that they, we many times... You are not consistent, and we are consistent. But God said, hey, I do not change. It talks about God's immutability. It talks about God's character. It talks about God being a rock. In verse 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O Jacob, are not consumed. The reason why you are not yet wiped out here from the face of the earth is because I do not change. I'm still a loving God. I'm still a forgiving God. I'm still a merciful God. I have loved you from day one. I will love you now, and I will love you forever. I have been merciful with you and I will be merciful for you no matter what. And God is presenting His case. If this is a reality that God does not change, then people need to change. We need to change. Amen. Because many times we are the ones who are not faithful. We are the ones who are compromisers. We are the ones who are ungrateful. We are the ones who are grumblers, who are complainers, and so on and so forth. And since God does not change and this Ways are perfect. God will not grow anymore into perfection. He is perfect, period. He is omniscient. He will not grow anymore in knowledge. He's, he's it. That's it. Everything that needs to be learned and known, God knows about it. In fact, He made it. He is omniscient. He will not grow anymore. You know, as, as people, we grow in knowledge. We know in part, the Bible says, that we prophesy in part. You read books and then you realize, okay, okay, this is something that I just learned today. You grow, and how many of you are constantly growing still? 
uh, in knowledge. Okay, hopefully after graduating from college, you did not stop learning. Okay, uh, the reason why it's called commencement, right? Commencement is to begin. Okay, so we're still learning. Okay, so we're learning in knowledge, but God is perfect in all His ways. He does not have to change in the area of knowledge because He is perfect. He does not need to uh, grow in the area of power or His capability because He is already omnipotent. He is all-powerful. You know, we watch superheroes. You know, there are Marvel superheroes or DC, you know, uh, movies right now. And some characters are growing in their power. You know, how many of you know that? You know, they stumble in a failed experiment and then you become a flash. So, so you, you discover that you're fast. You know, you stumble and fall. You, you fail you're, or you were bitten by a bug and then you became Spider-Man or something like that. Okay? But yet you, you're growing in your, and you're changing. The reason why it's called mutant or you're mutating, it means you're changing. But God does not change. He's not a mutant. Teenage Ninja Turtle, okay? He is immutable. Everybody say immutable. immutable. To be immutable means to never change anymore. Because He is already perfect. Even before we were created, God's already there. God is not changing with the changing times. He is consistent even if the times are changing. Praise God. You know, I received a, uh, a message about three days ago from some of my high school classmates. And uh, they're calling for a mini reunion sometime in December. And so, uh, you know, when we were high school, that was the 80s. How many of you were 80s babies here? Okay. I love the 80s, okay? I love listening to uh, Depeche Mode or whatever, okay? <laughs> Tears for fears, the run, run. And those were like the, the days of glory, okay? So, um, you know, the, the TV shows then were Annalisa and Thor de Luna, okay? So you can, for those of you who are young, you can't relate with this, okay? We have a different language then uh, with now. There's now a new Facebook page called uh, Classic Pare, Titos of Manila. And so these are all about the 80s, a close group, but somehow... It became viral already on the internet, about 300,000 plus members already. And so these are people just presenting different things in the 80s, how, what were the uso in the 80s, something like that. Okay, and so, you know, gone were the days of the floppy disk. You know, some of the young people, what's that, okay? Uh, now it's USB drive, okay? You don't need floppy disk anymore, uh, but this is how we transfer files. How many of you are familiar with this, okay? This is called a tape, okay? You put it in a tape recorder. How, how many of you know the relationship of a tape and a pencil? For those of you who are smiling and laughing, you are an 80s baby, Okay? You know exactly what I'm talking about. In order for you to rewind or forward the tape, you put a pencil and then you twirl it around. Something like that. And so that's our manual way of putting it forward. Of course, back then we had Walkman. Okay? Today you've got Spotify or iTunes. Okay? And so that was like cutting edge back then. And look at the hair of the people back then, you know, you would actually uh, spend a lot of Aquanet, you know, just to be able to put up your hair, 
You, you tease it. Okay, I, of course, I, I don't do mine, okay? But, but, but women do that, okay? You have broad uh, shoulder pads back then. And guess, the, guess about uh, the boy bands then. Now, now if you have um, one direction or five directions already, um, we used to have menudo back then, okay? Those, those of you who are young really are just staring. What's, what's happening here, okay? What I'm saying is people change. We can't bring this back anymore. Praise God. <laughs> and, you know, as my classmates were texting and they were messaging, you know, I was really imagining they're saying, you know, it's nice for us to be able to catch up and see one another as well. And, you know, we want to be able to see how you look like. And so I was just browsing through, through some of the Facebook profile picture of my class. And I said, who is this? You know? The name sounds familiar, but the face I couldn't recognize anymore. What used to be a who used to be a hottie is now a I don't know what he looks like. But you know, and those who used to be nerds are now like, wow, heart trabandating. You know, they're different. People change. Times change. But God does not change. Amen. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, you have seasons in your life, God is still consistent. We've been singing songs a while ago. talks about the different seasons in our life. You're going through maybe a storm right now. You're going through some difficulties. The good news is when you talk about storms and typhoons, they're temporary. Storms come and go. Praise God. We have storms in the Philippines. We're so familiar with storms. But how many of you are glad that Typhoon Hayang is no longer here? It's a devastating storm. We were hit badly by that storm or by that storm surge, but yet it's done. It's over. And we're now in the process of rebuilding that city. And guess what? In our own personal lives as well, storms will come, but they come and go. And we need to stand on the rock of the immutability and the unchanging nature of God that He will take care of us, that He will watch over us, and He will love us no matter what, and He will always be faithful with His covenant with us. Amen? Can we give the Lord praise for that? The nature of God is ultimately love. It does not change. There is nothing you can do for God to love you less. And there's nothing that you can do for God to love you more. Because God has already loved you with His perfect love. It's done. It's given to us. And we saw that at the cross. Malachi chapter 5, verse 7. That's why the Lord was telling them, you know, the Lord does not change. I, the Lord your God, do not change. And in verse 7, it says, From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. You guys are also consistent. I don't change. You also don't change. But you need to change. You don't change in your disobedience. You don't change in your character. You don't change in the way that you have rebelled against me from the time of your forefathers until now. But my nature is love. And I've already accepted you no matter what. That's why the Lord is saying, return to me. And I will return to you. I believe that should be our initial response when you you know, when you come to the Lord, God did not tell them, give your tithes and offerings. He's not demanding them to give their money first. What He is saying is, give me first your heart. Return to me. I long for your relationship. I long for your love. In the same way that I have loved you, honor me back and love me back as well. 
He is more interested with us, our entire being, more than what we can give and offer to Him. We can only give what God has given to us first anyway. That's why he, what He's saying is, return to me. He, does, he did not first say, give your tithes and offerings. What He's saying first is, return to me. Because that is ultimately what His desire is. Tithes and offerings is a mere reflection of our priorities before the Lord. Ultimately, God does not need our money. God can function without our money. How many of you know that? The universe can still rotate and move on without our money. God is more than enough. But yet, money is also always associated with our heart. That's why in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, the very next verse, he said, Will man rob God? You know, I remember a story of one of our prophet friend, Pastor Emmanuel Canestresi, back in the day, early 90s, I think, he was telling this story. And he was traveling one time, I think, in a South American nation. And so the moment that he landed on the plane, there was a young man who actually was about to pick him up from the airport. And he was carrying his bags. And this young man approached Pastor Canestresi and he said, Pastor Canestresi, can I carry your bag? And I, I want, like, I'd like to help you. And so as he grabbed the bag of Pastor Canestresi, Pastor Canestresi basically asked this question, Do you tithe? What an odd question for a first-time acquaintance. As he was about to carry the bag of Pastor Canestresi, Pastor Canestresi said, Do you tithe? And the young man basically said, You know, I'm new in church, so I don't tithe yet, but I think I'll learn how to tithe. And Pastor C basically said, you know, give me back my bag. If you're rubbing from God, you can also rub from me. <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly what happened, and that's according to his story. Will a man rob God? I mean, how can man rob God who's invisible? How can we rob God who's a spirit? But yet he said this, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. Everybody say tithes and contributions. As I said earlier, don't worry. We're not going to call the ushers again. What we're doing is, God is presenting to them, where is your heart, basically? God is ultimately asking the people of God, return to me. But yet, I see that you have gone your own way because I have seen it with the fruit of your life. You have not given me your best. You have not given me your life. You have not given me what belongs to me. When you talk about tithes, tithe means 10%. Tithe means first fruit. Tithe means giving our best to God. Tithe basically means we give what belongs to God. How many of you know that the 10% belongs to God? But let me rephrase that. 100% of our finances, they really belong to God. In fact, all that we have belongs to God. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. How many of you are on planet earth? We're still here and we belong to God. Everything that you and I have belongs to Him anyway. But God is just saying, return your 10%. In fact, you don't pay the tithe. You don't give back the tithe to the Lord you merely return the tithe to God because that is His already in the first place. Amen. We don't give it to Him. We don't own anything. God is just checking on our heart. Where is your heart? Where your treasure is, there your heart 
will also be. In fact, when you talk about returning the tithe, returning a tithe is not a money issue, it's basically a trust issue. When we return our tithe to the Lord, basically what we're saying is, Lord, with this 10% that I am giving back to you, what this is saying is, I am entrusting my entire life in your hands. With 10%, can you imagine? How many of you know that God has been gracious with us? And He's not asking for 50%, 75%, 90%. He's asking for 10%. The question is, do we really trust the Lord with our finances? Do we really trust the Lord with all of our heart? Can God really meet my needs? And so sometimes the question is, can God meet my needs with 90%? You know, I have budgets. I, am, uh, I have needs. I have, you know, uh, miracle bills to pay. I have tuition fee. I have, you know, house rents. I have this. I have that. You know, I'm about to get married, you know, you know and so on and so forth. Will I really have enough? That's the question. How many of you know that God is ultimately our provider? And if God says, test me in this. This is the only you know, uh, time when God has actually said, test me. In the other times, those shall not put the Lord your God to the test. But in this particular time, in the area of giving back to Him, He says, test me in this. If not, God will prove His character of being a provider for us. God, you know, being, being a healer and a protector uh, on our behalf. Returning our tithe is not merely a money issue, but a trust issue. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. In other words, when you talk about tithes and offerings, you know, it's, you know, and as a church, don't get me wrong, we don't, we don't even, I don't even try to find out who's giving or not. I don't go and check with our finance department, okay, who gave last Sunday in Akasha 3 p.m. You know, I'm not, I have not done that. We will never do that. But I thank God for you guys because you have been generous. What I'm saying is we have not discriminated people. You know, for those of you who are tithing, sit on this part of the congregation. If you're not tithing, sit on the right side. Turn, the air, turn off the aircon. You know, we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to discriminate people. You know, have you ever approached any of the pastor for a counseling session or maybe or, uh, you know, dedicating your children or maybe for a wedding ceremony? We'll never ask you, do you tithe? You tithe first, okay? You know, we've never done that. This is between you and the Lord. The tithing is really a reflection of your relationship between you and God. I believe that our church will continue to operate whether you give or not, because God is faithful. He's the one who builds the church. Amen? Can we just give the Lord praise for that? And you know, we're grateful for the generosity of the people here. Do you ever ask if we're paying rent in Akasha Hotel? Do you think this is free? But I praise God that from day one, we have never been in lack. I praise God that we have never been in debt for, in the church. In fact, we were able to build our, you know, just a quick testimony. We were able to build back in 2010 our facility in Festival Mall and renovate and expand it, made it double from 1,800 square meters to about 3,000 square meters. And what we've done is we've never asked people for pledges. 
what we basically said was we gave a vision uh, to the people that we are believing God for a bigger facility. And uh, our facility is tight already. We want to expand our kids' ministry. We want to expand our, our uh, main auditorium. And what we are doing is for the next three or four months, we're going to transfer from the fourth floor to the mini trade hall right there in Festival Mall. So we were there uh, in a temporary place while we are constructing upstairs. And what was amazing was people started giving faithfully as we built our facility. And we were able to build our facility with no debt and we were able to actually pay every supplier, every contractor that we have by the grace of God and for His glory. Amen. Praise God. And yet, God is saying, you robbed me from your tithes and offerings. The church of Christ will continue to advance whether we are here or not. Churches will be planted across the nations of the world, whether you give or not. It's really about our relationship with God. What's in our heart? And we need to ask ourselves that question. We tithe not because it is law, but because we love God. And we are merely returning to God what is His in the first place. Amen. God is unchanging in His character. God's commands are also unchanging. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law, Jesus saying this, or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota nor a dot will pass from the law, but all will be accomplished. Going back to the verse in Malachi chapter 3, he said, bring the whole tithe. And this somehow is uh, what they were observing as part of their responsibility in the temple. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in the house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. In fact, obedience is acknowledging that He is the Lord of everything. As you obey His word, as you obey His commands, basically what you are acknowledging is, Lord, you are Lord not only of my life, but you are Lord also of my wallet. You are Lord of my relationships. You are Lord of my family. You are Lord over this church. You are Lord over our nation. And the relationship that we have with money and finances is only a mere reflection of our relationship with God. In fact, money has been a hot topic even during the time of Jesus. The two-thirds of his parables deal with money and possession because he knew what's in the hearts of men. Remember the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler basically said, I have done this since I was a boy. I've obeyed the commandments. Do not steal, do not murder. I've done that. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. Give everything that you have to the poor and then follow me. He was merely highlighting what was the idol in the heart of that rich young ruler, which was money itself. Friday was a big day for us because uh, finally we were able to distribute all the Noche Buena packages uh, to, uh, to a barangay in uh, Muntinlupa. So basically, uh, this is about uh, 1,000 plus uh, 
people representing 1,250 families from a barangay poblacion in Muntinlupa. And uh, they were so excited. We went there. We called for some volunteers. 65 volunteers and leaders uh, came to help us distribute these goods. It took us about six hours to transfer the goods from Festival Mall to here. And it has to be one huge dump truck uh, for us to be able to haul everything. So uh, it was uh, a nice uh, uh, time. Uh, just uh, 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 ministering to the people there in, in Poblacion. We had a time of worship. And also, uh, we had a time of altar call. Basically, we asked uh, Bodhi to do the altar call in Tagalog. So he did very well. Uh, it's amazing how you can speak Tagalog, brother. Uh, anyway, so, uh, and I didn't realize that Bodhi is still uh, pretty much uh, popular and famous, okay? Before we started the event, people were lining up to have pictures taken with Bodhi, okay? So anyway, wow, Bodhi grew! So anyway, so they were... Uh, uh, so I said, I think that's the cue. You should be the one there on the stage. And so people listened to them. It was natural. He preached the gospel, did the altar call. Many people got saved. We invited them to our churches in uh, Semontin Lupa as we go and, and distribute the goods to them. This is uh, our cap, Captain Allen uh, Ampaya, who's also a member of our church uh, congregation in, uh, in Festival Mall. And uh, basically the instruction was, we told the people, don't line up here to receive your goods. Kind of like a relief center. Sit there where you are. We will give the goods to you. And it's almost like, really? You'll do that for us? And they were just so amazed on the kindness and the generosity of our people. You know, and you are part of that. And we want to thank you for what you have done. Thank you so much for uh, participating in this Love the City campaign. They were so blessed. And uh, I believe the reason why God is continuing to bless our church and our congregation is because people like you have been generous to Him. We give because God gave to us first. We are not doing this because, you know, it's legalism or part of the law. We're not going to check on the attendance and ask you, did you give your tithes and offerings? And if you don't give this Sunday, we will visit you in your house and collect from you. We will not do that. We will ultimately put our trust in the Lord to pay for everything that we need here. And also for us who are members of the church, you put your trust in the Lord by giving first what is His. It's a reflection of our love relationship with Jesus. Much said, that is what tithes and offering is all about. A reflection of our love for Him. My last point is God's covenant promises and blessings for us do not change. Many of us are believing God for you know, a breakthrough. You're probably waiting for a promise of God to be fulfilled in your life. Guess what? When God gives a promise, He will always be faithful to fulfill that promise in our lives. The promise giver is always a promise keeper. God's promise blessing to those who put their trust in the Lord and obey Him, they also will never change. And we see this in the book of Malachi chapter 10. I read this, I think. Therefore, put me to the, thereby put me to the test, says the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and you pour out for you a blessing until there is no more need. I think the NIV is more explicit here. And he said, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates. ESV used windows. NIV used floodgates. Have you ever seen a floodgate? If you live in Marikina or Kainta, you know, there's a floodgate there. This is what a floodgate looks like. 
Are you ready for the blessings of God to be poured out like this in your life? You know, He's not just going to open windows. He's going to open the floodgates until there's so much flood, you'll, not have no, you'll have no room to contain the flood in your life. Amen. And it speaks of the blessings of God. And I believe it reflects on the character of God. That God will not just give us what we need. He will give us more than what we need. When you pray a prayer, don't just pray for what you need for the day. Pray for more than what you need. Pray for more than enough. Because I believe that as we do this, we will indeed be a blessing to others. That's His abundant provision seen if we will obey His command. His provision is seen. He will open the floodgates of heaven. Not only that, His protection will also be given to us. In verse 11, it says, I will rebuke the devourer from you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Everything that you will do will be blessed. He will protect your property. He will protect your health, the Bible says. There are so many rich people, but yet, you know, how many of you know that no matter how much money you have in the bank, one sickness can wipe that away? And yet God is saying, I will rebuke the devourer. I will be a hedge of protection around you. And I will protect you. I will be a wall of fire around what you have. Ultimately, God's character, God's commandments, and God's promised blessing do not and will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'd like to call the music team here to join me here on stage. Conclusion is, God is generous. He did not withhold anyone or anything from us, and He gave us the best. He gave us His own Son. And at that cross, basically, Jesus cried out, and He said, it is finished. Basically, what He's doing is, I have given my best already. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 or verse 8 it says and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross the full extent of God's generosity is actually seen on that cross and that is his son Jesus dying on our behalf can we just bow our heads right now as we come before the Lord Father we thank you so much for what you have done thank you for your unfailing love for us that while we were yet sinners, you've sent your son Jesus to die on that cross for us. Father, even today, as your word says, we want to return back to you. Can we lift up our can we just lay our hands on our heart right now all across this room? Father God, we lay our hands on our hearts and we ask our God that you would change our hearts, God. You are an unchanging God, but yet we need to change in alignment to who you are. Give or make in us the character of Christ. We acknowledge that you are the potter and we are the clay. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are continuing to mold us more and more into the image of Jesus. Father God, even today, we return back to you, God. We want to say, if we have not been faithful to the covenant we have, we, we're sorry, we repent of all our ways, God. And we come back to you. Because, Lord, you are a God who forgives. You are a compassionate God. You are a God of mercies. And you are one who 
would also return to us the moment we return back to you. Thank you, Lord God. It is your desire for this fellowship to always be restored back to you. Thank you for restoring us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, Father, we thank you so much because you are who you are. You are God who's unchanging, God who's immutable, a God who's everlasting. Thank you that your love for us continues throughout the ages, God. We declare, God, indeed, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that your love, your, 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 your faithfulness to us is always there, Lord God, no matter what. And Lord, even today, I pray, God, that you would encourage your people, God, as we live this place, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, as we uh, go out there into the world, may we be vessels of honor and just blessings to the people around us, God. I thank you, Lord God, that people in the world would see indeed how you have delighted in us as the people of God and how much you've blessed us, Lord, because our hearts are bent towards you, Lord. May your blessing be great upon these people, God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. Father, we thank you that your righteousness, your peace, your joy will be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.